Good afternoon. Uh, let me ask us to turn to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. We shall read and consider verse 47, rather 42 to 47. Uh, so we look at this last question on how should your church grow numerically? Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47, and I read. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had... Sorry, just try and switch off your phones, please. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceed to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day, those who are being saved. Let's pray. Oh Lord, help us as we look at this uh, topic of how to bring growth to our churches. We pray, oh Lord, that we would seek to do it uh, biblically as we trust in you and help us to play our role as uh, the scriptures uh, guides and helps us. So we thank you and we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. So we are answering this question. How should your church grow numerically? Now, in the last topic, we saw how the church should grow spiritually. And I need to begin by saying that the spiritual growth of the church is important. The spiritual growth of the church is key to uh, us being a church. And I would even say that, and this is actually what we shall see, that numerical growth is connected with our spiritual growth. A church cannot truly grow. A church cannot produce itself if we are not growing spiritually. But another thing I need to say, and I'll say this uh, towards the end, is that we need to know that numerical growth is the work of God. And numerical growth is the work of God and what we are called to is to be faithful in our duty as a church. Because many times, whenever we think about growing the number of people in our churches, what normally comes to our minds? 
sometimes people think of we need to have a better sound system, isn't it? Sometimes we say, well, if we only have a, a better choir. I know in Nairobi, um, a church that has attracted, to be honest, it has grown in terms of numbers. And they achieved this by inviting one of the uh, big secular bands. Can you imagine that? A secular boy band to come to their church and to lead in what they would say is praise and worship. And it attracted people because people wanted to see this group, isn't it? See. Others would begin by changing the sermons so that now the pastor is preaching more of motivational sermons exciting sermons. I know also of another church in wanting to attract young people. Uh, so this church is located next to a university. And so what they did is that they had uh, uh, months, the, the, every month has a theme. For example, they had a month that was called Fashion Month. And you know what Fashion Month looked like. So here is the pulpit, and then you have a, you have a, what do they call it? The the, the what? The no, not red carpet. The walk where the models walk. What do you call it? Runway. runway thank you, the runway. And so they had a runway that goes from the pulpit all the way to almost at the end of the church. And uh, so you had people modeling different clothes as the pastor is preaching. So imagine here I am at the APC, and I'm teaching, and then you have people display all kinds of uh, fashion. They would come this side, and they would walk, and they would go all the way to the end, and then they would exit. And then someone else would come, catwalk all the way to the end. Now this is something that really happened. Now we may be shocked. But it really happened. That's what people think about when they want to increase their churches numerically. They think of strategies, human strategies, or may I even say worldly strategies, so that their churches may be filled and so that people may come in. But is that what we see in the Bible? Is that how we will multiply believers? by giving the world entertainment, by giving the world excitement. That's not how the church of Christ will grow. The church of Christ will grow in this way. The first thing I want us to see from these believers in Acts who we see the Lord multiplying or increasing their numbers every day. Can you imagine that? Every day you have baptisms. Every day you have an increase in your church membership role. I mean, which pastor doesn't want that? I would want that for Trinity Baptist Church, Don't 
I mean, every day we have people being baptized. Genuine believers coming into the faith. That's what we see. But before that, what do we see happening? How do we see the church conducting itself? Well, the first thing I want us to see is that the church, to grow numerically, we must be devoted to spiritual disciplines. If you want your church to grow, we need to go back to the topic that we just had, which is the spiritual growth of the church. This, the spiritual growth of the church cannot be separated from numerical growth. We are told, and they devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and prayers. We see that before this church increases in numbers, they increase in their devotion to the Lord. They increase in their devotion to who they are. The process of multiplying ourselves is tied to us remaining true to those things that define us. If the church belongs to Christ, as we learned uh, yesterday, then the church must be devoted to Christ. If the church must worship God and worship Him in spirit and truth, then the church must devote itself to that. We cannot multiply. We cannot increase. We cannot reach the world if we ourselves are not true to who we are. Actually, let me say this. The more we are Christians, the more we will win over the world. We don't win over the world by becoming like the world. Now let me repeat that. We do not win the world by becoming like them. Oh yes, we do go to the world. We do engage the world. We do go and evangelize the world. But... We do it by remaining who we are, Christians, Christ-like, holy, a holy community. This means that we must be devoted to the things that Christ has called us to. There can be no desire to grow or ability to grow if we do not remain true to our Savior, to the teaching of our Savior, to honoring our Savior, serving our Savior Jesus Christ, worshiping Him, if those things are not central, we will not grow. If we want to produce Christians, 
We must be what? Christians. If we become worldly and we imbibe more of the world in ourselves, guess what kind of people we will produce? We'll just attract the same worldly, nominal Christians that many of the churches are doing today. Many churches are just okay seeing their seats filled, but these are not people who know Christ, who love Christ, who have been converted by Christ, who are filled by the Spirit of Christ. And the reason why those people are seated there is because the church itself has changed. We must be devoted to those things that make us who we are. In other words, the more genuine we are, the more refined we are in our faith, the more brighter we will shine. Right? It's like, it's like uh, gold that is being refined. <laughs> the more it is refined, the more impurities are removed from that gold. The more it does what? It shines, isn't it? The same case with us as a church. The more we become holy, the more we pursue those things of Christ, the more we remove the world from ourselves, we shine out more brightly so that the world can see and come to us. So that's the first thing. Secondly, for the church to increase numerically, we must be devoted to loving one another. We must be devoted to loving one another. We are told here about this church and all who believed were together and had all things in common and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the, uh, the proceeds to all as any had need. The love of believers for one another is an important mark of the church. There can be no church, let alone growth in the church, if those who call on the name of Christ do not love one another. It must be noted that love for one another in the church, Christian love for one another, is the way that we will demonstrate to the world that we belong to Christ. Look at what Christ says in John, uh, the Gospel of John 13 and verse 35. By this, all people, all people, not just the Jews, all people, the Gentiles, the Greeks, the Romans, this is how all people will know what? That you are my disciples, if you do what? If you love one another. If we love one another. 
if we love one another, genuine love, like First uh, John, John says in his first letter, love one another with that genuine love. Not by words, but by actions. If we love one another, as Christ has commanded us, this is how all people, this is how outsiders will truly know that we belong to Christ, that we are a different group of people. So before the church in Jerusalem, before this church in in Jerusalem experiences an increase in its membership, we see that they, they experience an increase in their love for one another. There is an increase in love in the church. And this is not that uh, mushy thing that we call love, you know, buona sifiwe, that kind of a love that just ends at that point. No, it is genuine love where we care for one another, where we are there for one another where we are standing with each other, where we love to meet together. Do you actually see that? How the brethren loved one another so much that they used to hang out together most of the time. I mean, who do we love to hang out? Who do we love to hang out with? I remember asking uh, a member a member in our church, uh, you are considering this passage. You were just talking and I was encouraging them on creating friendships in the church. That one of the things we see from the Bible is that your best friends ought to come from your own local church. The church. Now it doesn't mean that everyone in the church is you are close uh, with everyone in the church, but the closest people in your life ought to be those who are pursuing holiness with you. We ought to have that genuine love for one another. Where we get to such a point where we would even say, hey, my brother, you need this, I'll give it to you. You are in, we can even notice needs in the church. We can see this brother needs this. Maybe I'm not able to give them all that they would want, but maybe I can point them to a way that they can get what they need or be, be helped in the area of need that they have. A church that doesn't have love is a church that is dead. And a church that is dead cannot produce. A dead cow cannot produce milk. No matter what you do, a dead cow cannot produce milk. Dead chickens can produce eggs. A dead church cannot produce Christians. It can't win the world to Christ. 
James says this. He speaks about a faith that is what? Mm. Uh, faith without action is dead. Dead. Don't know what the Greek word is. Therefore, dead. Um, Thanatos. Right? Dead. Having no life. How can it produce? If we do not love one another. If I see my brother cold and he's shivering and shaking and my brother hungry and there I am. I have an extra coat and I have some more bread than I need and then I tell them, oh brother, Gabriel, you know, be filled. Be warm. And obviously we need to be uh, to, to, to show that we are Christian. Be blessed. <laughs> Have I helped him? Love, genuine love for one another. And it's not a love that we force out. It is a love that flows from the reality that Christ has already loved us. I mean, God the Father loved us so much. He gave his son. You mean I can withhold my shirt from my brother? If we want to see this kind of a revival, we must have the love of Christ. Not this shallow love where we simply smile at one another on Sunday. Not this shallow love where we, we say we are part of the church and when the pastor on Sunday, after he preaches and says, Amen, everybody rushes out to go home. Everybody rushes to their cars. And everyone is driving home. No one is talking to one another. No one is even saying hi to one another. And you wonder, what kind of church membership is that? And yet we want to go out to the world and evangelize them. And bring them to experience the love of Christ. While we don't know the love of Christ. We don't show the love of Christ to one another. A devotion to one another. A love for one another. Taking care of one another. Helping one another to be holy. To be godly. As long as it's called today, calling one another to pursue God. And that again is not the work of the pastors alone. Because sometimes people think, well, and, 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 and I hear people say this, you know, pastor, you know, I don't think we have love in this church. What are the pastors, what are the elders doing about it? What are you as a member doing about it? What are you as a member of this church doing about that? How are you showing love? How are you reflecting the love of Christ, radiating the love of Christ in your own life?
so the church has to be a church that is devoted to the spiritual disciplines that they were called to devoted to the teachings of the apostles being faithful to the word teaching the word applying the word living out the word loving one another but then thirdly the church must go out into the world a church that grows numerically yes it's a church that is faithful to the scriptures faithful to the disciplines in the scriptures a church that loves one another but then a church that goes out into the world we are not simply content to just hang around every sunday by ourselves no we go out we venture out into the world we are told about this church and day by day every day as much as they could attending the temple together now you wonder why were new testament believers going to the temple what was taking them to the temple were they there to sacrifice do you think they were there to make to do sacrifices christ has, had already been sacrificed isn't it the lamb of god the one who takes away the sins of the world had already been sacrificed what were they going to do in the temple they were evangelizing to the jews and we see this even with the apostles that they would go to the temple they would go where Jews meet they would uh, we are told of Paul he would go and look for synagogues and he would go there and he would preach to the Jews it was an evangelistic effort they were targeted it was a targeted mission we are going there and we are going to bring the gospel of Christ to our Jewish brethren we are going to look for opportunities to share the gospel with them and what are we told is the result of that and the lord added to their number day by day those who are being saved they went to the temple day by day and we are told and the lord added to their numbers day by day we see them reaping fruit of their evangelistic efforts this is a church this is how the church grows numerically it is a church that goes out into the world engages the world preaches the gospel lives out their christian lives shares the gospel trusting and praying that the lord is able to save sinners and we see this god adding to their numbers and the interesting things we are not told this is the it is the pastors or the apostles at this time who are going out day by day it is they 
they were doing it as a church. It wasn't a paid person in the church called an evangelist who would go out to the temple. They, it is our duty. We are the evangelists as members. We are the ones going out, engaging the world, bringing to them the gospel of Christ. So as I conclude, brethren, this is how we will multiply ourselves. Or this is how God will multiply us. We have to be faithful to who we are. We have to love one another as Christ has loved us. And we must be those who go out into the world, engaging the world, bringing all nations under the subjection of Christ to the praise, honor, and glory of his name. Amen. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for Christ. We thank you for him who left heaven and loved sinners like us so that we may be made the children of God. And we pray, O Lord, that as you have loved us, that we would love one another, that we would love you, and that we would love the lost sinner and go out to them. And we pray, O Lord, that you would be pleased to bless our efforts. They may be feeble, they may be weak, but, O Lord, we pray that you would strengthen our hands, that you would strengthen our feet, that you would cause us to speak the name of Christ wherever we are, so that this world that is covered in the realities of the fall would come to know the saving grace of Christ. Oh Lord, help each and every one of us to play our role so that our cities, our towns, our neighborhoods, our families, our homes would be won over to you. So we thank you and we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.